Everybody, welcome back to the show. I am Jeremy Blair, and I'm Rain Whalen, and this is Reservations. Ah, uh, I did it a little opposite this time. Ah, uh, it's all right. Yeah, no, I mean it's fun, you know. Yeah, keep it fresh. Keep it fresh. You know, fresh, 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 fresh. <laughs> you guys like a uh, little Wayne, little, uh, little touchy. Listen, man, I love little Wayne, a little wheezing, and <laughs> and uh, Go DJ is like one of the best tracks. So. Uh, uh, one of his early tracks. This is from like the Carter one. So I mean, it's like, it the the Carter. Yeah, the Carter. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, Jesus Christ. Welcome back to the show. Um, uh, I'm excited about today's episode. I am too. Uh, I, I really dug this. But before we get into it, um, no one saw it, but we do just want to address a ac- uh, no 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 not an acronym an anachronism which we'll be using for this episode. Um, there was going to be an episode before this. Yeah. <clears throat> and unfortunately, it was rife with technical difficulties. Yeah. And yeah. in your timeline, um, you would have never heard about it. Yeah, that is <laughs> that is correct. We, uh, we erased it from the timeline. We did. Uh, uh, we pulled a Thanos. Yeah, we, we snapped our fingers and it's gone. I'm uh, trying to remember... Um, like what episode that's on there isn't there isn't one there isn't because we just jumped right in to get these two episodes ready for the hundred right yeah that's right and then we at the end of the hundredth we said we were going to do this movie. that's right so so we haven't even done that yet so really there is no there yeah there there is no dv deviation from the timeline but for us in our current timeline you know, we're, we're, this is the variant. We are... Shout out to Loki. We are confusing everybody right now. Listen, we had recorded an episode. It, it and It's it not going to see out. the light of day, unfortunately. Uh, I just wanted to get that out because even though... It, and I told people we were doing the episode, and so they're well, going to be expecting <clears throat> yeah. the episode, and it's not going to come out. Uh, but we'll do it again later well, on down the line. Yeah, because it was... Maybe next season. It's just we just talked about it, and I don't want to have to do it again. Yeah, and... And the only thing that the only the only the only reason why I bring it up is because, man, my editing editing skills for that episode were, were pretty good. Was it pretty good because, you know, we kept recording the video, but I had but the audio had stopped, and so I had to find when the audio catches back up again, mm-hmm. and it was uh, I was pretty impressed with it. Was pre- I'm sure it was great. Uh, it just yeah, yeah. Too bad, too oh. bad. So sad. Oh uh, well. I yeah. don't see this one having a problem. I don't either. <laughs> uh, but I didn't see last time having a problem. So we'll yeah, see. that's true. Um, today <clears throat> we are discussing Dark City. Dark City. Yeah. Um, yeah so if anyone uh, listened to our Crow episode, you'll know that Jeremy kind of talked about this movie a little bit. I did a little bit. <clears throat> um, I am a big fan of this movie m- more so than I was of The Crow. Um <laughs> Not to say that I didn't hate the crowd. Right, right. I didn't hate it. I just, you know, this one, I, in terms of filmography, this is his best. I Alex, would agree. Uh, Proyas. Especially after what we were just talking about, that he also did the atrocious <laughs> uh, Gods of Egypt movie. Didn't see it. Um, so. I refused to see it. Yeah. I was slightly excited. I was like, oh, Gerard Butler? Yeah. And then I saw the first trailer and I was like, oh... No. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no. no. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, How did this get made with uh, Paul Shear, uh, June Diane Raphael, and Jason Manzukis? I love Jason Manzukis. Uh, oh, it's the best. So what they do <clears throat> is they pick a movie. Uh, and Tell then me they did one on on. God. They did one on Gods of Egypt. That's so, awesome. Um, yeah, their live <laughs> episodes are chef's kiss. So good. Uh, so <laughs> check out How did this get made if you haven't yet. Uh, it's great big fan so uh but yeah but so dark city yeah. um dude i really dug it man yeah i was gonna t- this is the first time you've seen it first time i've seen it um, uh and i really dug it yeah. um i didn't look up anything cool. in preparation usually sometimes i do a little just minor research uh for yeah. like one of your picks just to 
kind of know what I'm about to get into. Did it surprise you? Did the ending surprise you? Where they were? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, yes. It, That's it, sort of like the big payoff. It's like, you want to know everything. You I, know where they um, are. I was not expecting that yeah. at all. I was, uh, <clears throat> I was expecting a, uh, a rec room for a dream shot uh-huh. at the, at the beach. And, uh, I was like, Oh, oh yeah. it's not, which we'll get to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that surprised me, but I'm not going to lie. I did start. Not to suspect, but I I had my I was like it's like something's weird here. Mm-hmm. I'll have you describe weird. your ending later because That's right because it's different because than what we I watched two different versions of the movie. Yes, I watched <clears throat> what is considered to be the better version. I watched the director's cut, which uh, I think I'm going to buy. Uh, I looked on Amazon. I think it was like ten bucks. Oh on yeah, dude, it's red. It's it's worth having because you get both, and then you can you know make Decide the distinction. Which, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I had started listening to commentary and then for the first 25 minutes, all he was talking about was, um, was pushback from studio and having to bend to the will of, um, test screenings. Uh-huh. And I was like, dude, I get it. You're upset. Shut up. Let's go. You know, but I think there's another commentary track for the theatrical version. Uh-huh. And so he probably did a traditional commentary track for that Just one. like, oh, yeah, this is this shot. Yeah. And then for this one, he goes, dude, let me tell you why this one's better. Because the stupid test screen, you know, whatever. So he yeah. was upset. So um, I turned it off. It's kind of it's kind of reminiscent, oddly enough, of when we did Mallrats. Mm-hmm. There is technically a director's cut of Mallrats. Yeah. <clears throat> but Kevin made the right choice to fix it yeah as where this is kind of the reverse of that he didn't want to fix it yeah but the studio pretty much said you're gonna confuse people fix it yeah and exactly and so this is which they told they literally told him to dumb it down really yeah i mean i'm not gonna lie so you saw the dumb down there well i'm not gonna lie there were parts that i was confused but in a good way Mm mm-hmm I was like, wait. I think it's a, it's a movie meant for you to just hang in there. Yeah. You know, it's not something that you know, like it, it doesn't hold your hand and say, "Hey, you you saw a movie with opening expositional narration." Yes. Boo! This is not the movie for that because I, I think that that's the fun. That's the fun of the movie is to slowly piece together what's going on. Yeah, because I did after I did read that this. This theatrical version was forced to have this opening narration by Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. Ooh, I love Kiefer so much. I like I love him dearly. Did his character drive you crazy? Yes. Yeah. We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> anyway, but I noticed like so in the opening narration of the theatrical version, the one I watched. Yeah. He talks about how, you know, he says we call them strangers. But then later on, when he's explaining everything to William Hurt, and um, I can't think of his name, oh, John. John Murdoch. Yeah. We'll just say character names. Yeah, John Murdoch. Uh, he says, you know, I, I, I call them strangers. And I'm like, wait, I thought you said we call them strangers. Right. It's it's sort of, you could tell that it's meant to be put in there after the fact. Right. Right. It, it, it wasn't like they paid attention to every pronoun and you yeah. know adverb they use but but the opening narration does add it doesn't add anything really no i think it kind of spoils some stuff for you it does it yeah. does because i would have loved if before the reveal that i don't want to say it just yet yeah before the reveal of who the strangers are i would have just loved it Knowing if they were just like a shadowy organization, which yeah. they kind of are, yeah, in a way, but just like kind of like, um, this is the only thing I can think of, even though I've never seen this movie, hmm. uh, the Bureau. Oh, the Adjustment Bureau, yeah, yeah. with a uh, uh, Matt Damon, Maddie Damon. Um, but yeah, like that's I would have been okay with that, yeah, if uh, these, these guys in black trench coats just are just showing up, yeah, and, yeah, I think but, that would have been pretty cool. But then the but the opening narration kind of going into yeah. that, you're like. Okay, I kind of know to expect a creepy guy now. Yeah, and so when the clock strikes midnight and everybody freezes, except for John Murdoch, um, 
and fish. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're 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 <laughs> all, you're already kind of like, okay, here we go, right? Right. In the version I watched, they had done a reshoot with Kiefer Sutherland, um, looking out at the skyline and looking at his stopwatch or looking at his pocket watch. Mm-hmm. And then it strikes midnight, everything freezes, and then he turns to the camera and walks towards it, right? Because, you know, now he has to get to work. Right. Right. Um, no explanation, right? And then, the, and then the opening credits with the little spiralies and all that stuff roll um, to show us the title card and all that. Right. Um, I prefer that, obviously, to expositional, expositional narration. Now, I needed to be clear that I don't hate all narration. Right, no, no. I feel like we. I feel like the audience understands at this point. Okay. You don't. There, there's certain kinds of narration that you do like because, as we've stressed, you don't like being spoon-fed information. No, I think it sort of ruins the experience. It's sort of like what we were talking about the other day about people desperately trying to find out information about the new Spider-Man movie. Yeah, it's like, don't you want to be surprised? Like, why do you want to know so bad right now? I think, like, just watch the movie when well, it comes out. Well, and I think it's because I feel like if people. Sidebar, everyone. I feel like <laughs> if people knew that Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire or both are in the movie, I, I think everyone would be like, this is going to be the best Spider-Man movie ever. But I, I get the point. I don't yeah, want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know either. Um, I say just people need, just need to leave it alone. Yeah, I do too. If he's if they're, if they're in the movie, cool. If not, cool. Cool. I, I mean, fine. personally, I would prefer if it was just a Tom Holland story. Okay. Anyway. That's but, interesting. A hot take for another day. Needles petita. Yeah. Um, all right. So, um, Dark City. Dark Here's City. Here's what I love about Dark City. Okay. Is it has this sort of film noir, German expressionistic feel to it. Yes. Right? Which, of course, to be film noir, it has to have German expressionism, right? We've... We, hey, go, <laughs> go back to season one and... Watch, uh, I think it was. Uh, yeah, listen to our film noir episode. It yeah. has film noir in the title. I think. Yeah, it's, it's like Jeremy Rain and Jeremy in noir or something. Like that. Something about remember. that. I was trying to. I think I was trying to be cheeky. I don't remember. Yeah, uh, those, those are early days. Yeah, I didn't so know what go, I was doing. So go check that out. Um, I, I go into detail about film yeah, noir, that, but yeah, um, old that's, style. That's what I love about this movie right off the bat, right? Yes, and. Uh, I do appreciate uh, that uh, in doing six seasons of this, I have learned from you yep. with noir. So I, yeah, I was picking up on that immediately and loving it. I was right. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the lamp swinging above his head, uh-huh. which is so cool. Right. That shot. Um. So before we get too far into this, before we start talking about the the ramifications of like our main character losing his memory. Yes. I want you to do me a favor. Okay. Because I don't, I don't like, I don't want to say I don't like it. I just think it's less effective when film shows in this case, implanted memories as distant memories. Okay. I want you to do me this favor. Think about something you did yesterday. Okay. Anything, anything you did yesterday. Okay. And now think about that not being real. I think that's a little more effective because I was doing that last night. And I was thinking about something I had done the day before. And because that feels lived in. That feels so recent Mm -hmm. that how could that not be real? Right. Okay. That's what these people are experiencing. Yeah. Right. And so thinking about something in your childhood, I think is less effective. I think if you think about something super recent that you can account for your consciousness today, so that won't work, so you have to do yesterday. Okay, yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, you know, I mean, I worked yesterday, and the most exciting thing about it was um, I had to... Uh, I couldn't make the deposit mm-hmm. because the the, you know... The money in the register, the, the the money that we had taken had outweighed the register, so I I couldn't take the deposit. And so I had to make like a change list of $800 mm-hmm. that I had to go get exchanged this morning. So think about writing it down. Think about uh-huh. standing up. What were, you, were you standing up? Think about yeah. like standing up, holding the piece of paper, holding the pen, doing that, pencil, whatever. Um, 
doing that action, you know for a fact you did it. Right. Now think about someone telling you, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. That's not real. So that will help you, I think, get in the mindset of these characters if you would love to rewatch this movie again. Oh, um, yeah, for sure will. And to watch a movie like The Matrix, uh, where, you know... Which this one's kind of inspired by <laughs> it. Well, The Matrix inspired by this. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so think about that, because yeah. I, I think that will that'll help a little bit. It, yeah, well, it, I mean, it does. You understand, because, you know, again, in this one, they're sort of using far distant childhood memories, in some cases. Well, right? and I, um... And I, I don't think it's as effective. I actually didn't have a hard time with that. Okay. I, I kind of got it. What, well, what, I mean, yeah. Well, well, well like, uh, especially in the sense of the, the, the scar on John's arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he shows his arm, and he's like, these are all lies. Yeah. So, like, but I, I, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Because, you know, we, we all don't, we all have a hard time remembering, remembering childhood yeah. trauma or good memories or anything like that. But, yeah, like, if, yeah, if you were to say, like, you know, hey, Rain, last week when this happened, yeah, that wasn't real. That wasn't real. You didn't do that. You didn't live that. Yeah, right? that that is an implanted uh, memory. Yeah, that I, I I get what you're saying. That's I, nuts, I, right? Yeah, that is nuts. okay. So I kind of wish movies did that more often, but that's fine. Um, okay, the strangers, uh, whomever they are, right? You could say they're aliens. I you, would say they're. Aliens. You would say they're aliens. I would say. Let's they're say they're aliens. So, because um, they're living, or, or at least parasites, because they're living in dead bodies, right? Yeah. Which is crazy. Um, are almost, you know, it, they say it's an experiment. They say they're wanting to learn more about humans. Yeah. Right. Um, but really, they're just having fun. <laughs> it almost seems right. They're, they're messing with building structures. They're, you know, they're implanting false memories. They're switching memories around and personalities. Because if you think about it, you are your memories. That's why in yeah. in TV, when someone loses their memory, they lose who they are, right? Uh, in, like, hokey sitcoms, when someone bumps their head and they lose, they forget who they are. Yeah. Um, and so uh, they're basically switching around personalities, you know, not just memories. Yeah. Um, but whole lives. They're just plucking them out of this person and putting them in this person and vice versa and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, which is wild uh, to think about. Yeah, it is. Uh, because it's it's in like you know what was real, mm-hmm. you know. Um especially considering especially thinking and we'll get to it, you know, the ramifications of our protagonist of John never being re-imprinted. Right. So to him this is who he's always been. Right. Even though Kiefer Sutherland pretty much tells him like you've lived a thousand lives already yeah. yeah you know and so we get the um the detective character i don't remember his name starts with the w um oh god yeah william hurt no not william hurt the other guy the guy who uh eddie something like wallenek or something like that yeah wallenek wallenek thank you so he is sort of in murdoch's position where he has seen the strangers do this right which it's, I, I go ahead. Uh, this has nothing to pertain to the plot per se, but I like that we don't know how he knows. Right. But a part of me was like, but when did he figure out? Right. Like, I think um, in the version I saw, which might be different, we do get a a little bit of an explanation at the train station where he says, you know, everybody falls asleep, but sometimes they don't. Yeah, and I didn't. That was in the theatrical. Okay, yeah. cool. So he didn't fall asleep. That was one of the... Uh, you know, okay, so okay. they had missed him. And for some reason, right, for movie reasons, he didn't fall asleep. And or, instead yeah. of taking care of that, they decided to leave him, right? Yeah. Because no one's listening to him anyway. They all think he's crazy. So mm. let's see what knowing this information does to a person. And that's what it does to a person. Drives right? you fucking crazy. It drives you crazy. Because if you know for a hundred percent sure your world 
is fake, but no one else believes you, it's going to drive you nuts. Yeah. Right? Yeah, drive you, uh, you know, uh, drawn spirals. Spiral. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> everything connects. <laughs> From the book of Saw, guys. <laughs> uh, you know, and... And... See, that was something I really, I really liked, too, is how, like, everyone's convinced he's crazy. Yeah. But he, it's almost, he's, like, the only one, like, like, when uh, William Hurt's, like, you know, you're scaring your wife. It's not my wife. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Yeah. And it's just, like, hmm. I know. It's super nuts, right? Yeah. And so, um, let's talk a little bit about this sort of subplot that sort of trickles away, which is the framing him for murder subplot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of like, so Murdoch yeah. wakes up and there is a murdered woman in the, um, hotel room. Yes. Hotel room. A murdered, uh, call girl. Yes. Um, with spirals from the book of song. Um, <laughs> you know, carved into her, which the little kid does, which I love, uh, that that was his job. Um, the little kid stranger yeah. does that. Um, yeah, the one who bites him on the hand, which is he's so, so fucking weird. Creepy. I love that kid. So, um, and and then he gets framed for this murder, right? Where they're looking now. The detectives are there. They're looking for John Murdoch. Um, and then his wife gets involved, and you think this is going to be sort of a uh, a wrong man, mistaken identity, sci-fi sort of a thing, and then it kind of goes away. Yeah, you know, sort of because they do end up capturing him and then he ends up trying to convince them something's wrong and then they finally get convinced and blah 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 and then you get that stuff right Mm. um which is not the direction you think it's gonna go right yeah but i guess it's the only way to connect all of these characters together um because again they it's weird to think about they john murdoch hasn't always been john murdoch Mm. william hurt's character hasn't always been a detective right Uh, or you know and that's something that i thought a lot about like what if certain people have always stayed the same like mm-hmm. they these are the memories they gave them but they left them alone mm-hmm. you know because during this whole the whole movie you know we don't see William Hurt get re-imprinted no or you know yeah we get we get an idea that maybe he has in the past mm-hmm. you know we're talking about the accordion so I'm glad you brought up the accordion because uh, before I shut him up um Alex <laughs> Uh, uh, Porius, right? Uh-huh. Uh, Proyas, uh, was talking about his character in that specific scene when he's playing the accordion and the phone rings, um, and he's crying, right? Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if that was in your version. That might have been a little thing they added or took out for years. Maybe. Um, I'll have to, I'll and have to watch it. He was saying that, you know, he's crying and he's so sad and grief stricken. But he might not know why, right? Um, because, again, this is the night of a reset. Mm-hmm. And so, um, night, day, it's all the same. Uh, and so yeah. when he's playing, I'm doing this, I'm doing this motion because he's playing the accordion. Um, and the people in the audio are not even know what you're yeah, doing. Just, I'm doing the accordion motion. He's playing an accordion, a silent accordion. Yeah, and so I like the idea of that, that, you know, these imprints are so fresh and so new that the emotions are there, but the memories haven't caught up yet. Mm-hmm. I like that, that he is sad and grief stricken, but may not know why. And so that's really bothering him. Right. Yeah. Um, and then of course he gets the phone call and off he goes to work. Yeah. Um, and this is sort of a, I saw, well, I read that, um, some of his stuff in this subplot was based on like the Maltese Falcon and oh. lots of film noirs like that. And he's sort of like a Humphrey Bogart type. Yeah. Right? Well, and uh, I could see why they would say that considering, you know, an anachronism. Oh my God. Um, the film is strewn about with anachronisms. Mm-hmm. So we don't know really when this is taking place. Right. Is this the 50s? Is it... Well, and that was by design. Yeah, right? no, We're no. not supposed to know any of that. Well, and of course, we get spoon-fed that oh, by no. Kiefer Sutherland. Ew. <laughs> I guess it wasn't in the director's cut. In the theatrical cut, he, go, he says, like, have you ever noticed that everything oh, wait, doesn't add right. up? You know, it's 
it's all these different times mashed together. Yes. No, they did. They did mention that. Oh, okay. Um, so there's a cool theory about that. We'll get to it. Okay. Uh, cause that's in, that's, that's in stuff. Um, so <laughs> something that I found sort of, I didn't know how to explain it. Okay. And maybe it's because I wasn't paying close enough attention or maybe I missed this piece of dialogue this time. But why he's able to tune. tune. They, yeah, they don't really say. And the idea of tuning and the, why that's important that he can is mm. sort of vague. And they're just like, he's, he's almost like Neo, right? He's the chosen one, which makes complete sense that they stole all this for the Matrix. Listen, uh, Wachowskis. <laughs> Quit stealing shit. Yeah. You stole from Ghost in the Shell. Wow. And now you're stealing from Alex. Wow. Proyas. Um, Proyas. But hey, the first Matrix is dope. Yeah, it is dope. I might see the fourth one. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the, only, the only explanation we ever get, and I, I would, I, I'll take this as the explanation, is... Kiefer Southern saying, like, he's evolving. Yeah. That's the only thing I would say makes the most sense. I don't personally like that explanation. Okay. <laughs> but it would have been cool if I didn't get one at all. Like, it, it's that almost he just like happens you, you to. might as well not have told me anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what? I'm going to go with that. Okay, cool. Because the the line of, you know, he's evolving, he's, you know, going up the evolution. Like, that doesn't make any sense. That really but... does. Like, because... What if this experiment has only been going on for... He's still human. You know what I mean? Three like, weeks. Like, all this know? imprinting, like, gives you their powers. I don't know if that makes sense to me, but... Yeah, especially because we see all the vials in that scene, so... Right. Yeah. It, I agree. I don't think he should have gone. I think... I think... Right. And it leads up to this, um, to this climax that, to me, is very hokey. It's my least favorite part of the movie, which is him and Mr. Book... Oh, uh, <laughs> battling out in uh, in green screen. Oh, Neo and Mr. Evan. Smith. Yeah, yeah. Okay, see, <laughs> this thing is basically the Matrix. <laughs> Matrix uh, Revolutions. It's reloaded in Revolution. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now uh, Resurrections. Good lord. So anyway, um, that's my least favorite part of the movie. Is at the very end, you know, yeah, he, they do that little hokey thing. It's, and, it's almost like that. It's almost like the the fucking. Um, Christopher Reeve's Superman kind of fight, you know, very like stilted and very right. You know. And of course, they're using their tuning to fight each other. It's strange, but I can look past it because I like everything else so much. Yeah, right. I I like they leave Kiefer Sutherland alive in a way, right? Because yeah. he's conscious and aware of all of this goings on, except for his own past, right? They right they he got to keep his scientific part of his brain right and then they cut out the memory right yeah so they catch him up to speed they let him know what they've done and what they're doing and off we go right and so he's in on it essentially yeah we but is sick of it they yeah they do a good job of we don't know how we feel about keith or sutherland until towards the end of the movie right then we understand like okay no he is trying to to yeah, help. you. He is very. His motives are very ambiguous. You're right. Until we were finally settled on. Okay, he is actually trying to help because at first you're like, I don't really trust Kiefer Sutherland because he's in on it. Yeah, he's you know, he's helping. You, you do kind of get a little bit of maybe he's he is genuinely trying to help Murdoch because of the way he's being treated by the strangers. Yeah, and he's terrified of them. Yeah, they're right, which I would be too. Yeah, when then like when when we see him deleting his own memories, uh, clearly, at some point they beat the shit out of him. Yeah, big time. Yeah, he's all bloodied and shit. Right. It's probably why he's got a lazy eye now. Like all. I know like, his poor eye. I know. By the way, do you think that's why he speaks like that? Oh God, I hope so. <laughs> I hope that's not like from birth. Could you imagine? Um, they... <laughs> we don't have time. <laughs> to just sit here and just mimic his voice Do all day long. Do the whole episode just like that. <laughs> no, we would lose so many listeners. Not that we have that many to begin with, you jag. So, not you, jags. You guys are actually listening, but uh, tell your friends. Do you, uh, before you before you finish that thought, do you think that was Kiefer's choice to talk like that? Or do you think they said, like, hey, talk like that? A thousand percent that was his choice. <laughs> you <laughs> gotta like, know that was like, his hey, choice. He's like, hey, if I'm playing this weird it's science... It's such an actor choice to make 
is this sort of very strange way of speaking. It's the better version of this is go back and listen to our prisoners episode. It's the eye tick uh, that John Hall does. It's so good, right? Yeah. It's a subtle yet deliberate character choice, but this, this sort of, you know, stuttery, um, long-winded breath way of speaking is almost very, um, (laughs) almost very, uh, uh, um, your impression from the episode that'll never come, you know, the, Oh yeah. 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 yeah, Uh, I can't think of it. Okay. But anyway, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So sorry. I, I interrupted your thought. That's okay. I don't remember what it was anyway. So Son anyway, of a bitch. I know. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I want to get into, I know we didn't talk about the actual plot very much. Uh, I guess we can continue on to do that. Cause I do want to get to this other stuff. Um, do you just want to, just want to run through the plot real quick. I guess. And we'll just talk about the things that we liked and the things that okay. we thought were innovative and interesting and, you know, well thought out ideas. Um, I liked the choice of not having everyone freeze and having everyone fall asleep because of at this time, it's still hard. You still have to have people stand still. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's hard for people to do. You can see it in old twilight zone episodes. People just can't stand still. Yeah. It's It's hard. It's hard. And you can tell that that's a live actor and they're having to stand still. Um, now we could do this to where everyone freezes and it looks good. Right. Yeah. It looks like everyone is completely frozen solid, not moving, not blinking, not anything. Right. Yeah. Um, but at this time, I don't even know if that was the original intention. Um, it would have been cool to see everyone freeze. Yeah. Right. But I like the idea of it's easier to have everyone sleep. Well, it, and also I think it's cause I think the strangers have the power to make people sleep too. Right. So I think, I think it just two and two put together. It's like, you know what? Go to right. sleep. I think, I think in another, in another universe, they would have tried to make them freeze. I think that's that's another version of this movie. We're saying, hey, someone out there, remake this movie and make them freeze. Please don't. I like this movie the way it is. <laughs> plus, so, plus, none of this would actually work in in modern day cinema. Yeah. Uh, because it's very nineties. It is. Anyway. Um, and so I like that. Um, again, I like this idea of you know, piecing together in little subtle clues like Jennifer Connelly messing with her wedding ring uh-huh. because it's new. She's not used to wearing it. And so she fiddles with it. Um, oh, he had, uh, he had written this movie as he got married. Uh, oh, okay. and so he was noticing he was fiddling with his cause it's uncomfortable at first. I sure you know all about that. Yeah. Um, that you're aware of it. And then later it just, it's part of your hand. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, do you even feel it? Right. Uh, I mean, I fiddle with it. Like I'll sit there and I'll do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, here, there we go. I'll there do this. Go. Um, but sometimes I don't notice it. Right. Until like I accidentally like hit myself in the face and I'm like, Oh, oh right. there was a metal thing there. Right. And so, and of course, William Hurt's character notices that and thinks something's up because they haven't been married as long as they say they have. Uh huh. Right. Which is kind of half true. It, it is absolutely true. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't been married 12 hours, right? They, they've been married... They just put that ring on her. They've been married 30 minutes. Yeah, exactly. And But, of course, in their minds, it's been years, right? And uh, yeah. and so I like that little subtle clue that, you know, fill in with that. Which also... I mean, but before the whole memory thing, you know, it's also, in you know, insightful of she had an affair. Right. So, you know... Yeah, I mean, yeah. You first think, like, oh, she's, she's guilty of it, something... Either that, and she's lying to me. Yeah. Right. Um, then, then you're this like, is, of course, when you think it's going to be this <laughs> noir. Yeah, mistaken identity yeah. murder mystery. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, oh, it's because she's probably never worn a ring. No. Right. <laughs> um, and so I like that. And uh, the movie is filled with little things like that. I'm, I'm definitely going to have to rewatch it again to, to catch these things. And if you go back and watch it again, you notice that the movie starts seconds after they leave that room because uh, I think it's Sutherland hits his head on that. Yeah. When, when he notices that 
drunken tune, yeah. he stands up real quick and hits his head and then grabs his bag and yeah. bolts. And so that so the light's not done swinging yet. You know, in fact, it's still pretty, you know, in motion. Mm-hmm. And so he wakes up seconds after he leaves. And so that's that's a new fun way to watch the movie now that you know they just did it. Yeah. Right. And now off we go. Right. And so his confusion, his sort of like looking at these brand new shoes. Right. Um, him trying to figure out who these clothes belong to. They're his, you know, mm-hmm. Ah, there's a woman there. She's dead. Oh, did I do that? Ah. Um, I really loved him trying to figure out his name. Yeah. Like, okay, it, Mr. Murdoch, Jay Murdoch. Yeah. What, what, you know, what was your name? John. You know, he says John. Yeah. And then later on, he's like, John. I love that she asked him. That was a cool, fun little edit. Uh, the, like, what's your name? And as soon as she asks, he was already looking at his license mm. to find out what his name is. And he laughs when he says John because she's a prostitute. Right. Yeah. Well, she, she even says that. Yeah. Like, huh, that's funny. Right. Yeah. Um, I just like that he finds out in real time as he says it out loud, right? Yeah, I like that. Um, it's almost kind of like uh, like a like a like a kind of makes me think of the Born Identity a little bit. I feel like it. It's been a while since I've seen it, but mm-hmm. I feel like at one point someone asks him his name as he's looking at a passport, and he's like, mm-hmm. "I love the Born Identity." Well, of course you do. And I love the Born Ultimatum. The, the Born Supremacy? No, it's pretty good. What about the Born Legacy? No. Oh, sorry, because you hate Jimmy Renner. I do kind of, yeah. What about Jason Bourne? <laughs> I didn't like that one at all. Either. Jason Bourne and Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is Jason Bourne. Um, yeah, I, I didn't like that one at all. But anyway, so... <laughs> God damn it. So, <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, so yeah. I do like that. And of course, I love the overall aesthetic of the yeah, film. Um, uh, Roger Ebert compared it to Batman, 1989's Batman. Oh, right? 100%. You know what's really funny? In the small amount of commentary I listened to, the number one movie he didn't want it referred to. It didn't want it really? referenced as. Yeah, he goes, I didn't want it to just be Batman or something. And then I, one of the first things in Roger Ebert's review is, it's like Batman. Which <laughs> is... It's funny, but Wildly it's, funny. It's sort of hard not to compare the two. Batman's a gigantic film. Yeah. You know, and this is you know, nine years before that. I mean, it's going to be hard not to make the comparison because of its, you know, mark on pop culture. Which is funny because you would think it would be slightly in, in terms of aesthetics compared to The Crow. Yeah. Considering he had well, done they that. talk about like, The Crow and, you know. Considering he had done that like two years, a year or two before this. Mm-hmm. And just as you mentioned in our Crow episode, he learned how to make it feel, make a city feel claustrophobic yeah by putting a roof yeah you know and that this city feels claustrophobic and there is uh, i did read a review where you know they talk about the lack of background right like they're out they're outside but Mm -hmm. there's no background right there you just see buildings and the buildings are close you don't even see the far away ones and you're right it makes it look claustrophobic which is what Schumacher did, rest in peace, uh, R.I.P. with his Batmans, giving it a roof. Yeah. You know what I mean? Making it just feel like you're inside. That's why Batman Forever is decent. And Batman and Robin is trash. Yeah, but Batman Forever is all right. Um, yeah, soundtrack's dope. Yeah, soundtrack is dope. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I only say that because I've listened to it twice from start to finish on my vinyl. Um, sidebar. They released the Dark Knight um, soundtrack at Barnes and Noble. And uh-huh. It's got splatter. Uh, it's like yeah, it's like Joker Green or something. Like it's, oh. Yeah, it's cool. You gotta check that. Uh, Hans Zimmer. Yeah, yeah, Hans oh. Zimmer. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, anyway. So anyway, um, it does make it feel claustrophobic, and it yeah. does give you that very German expressionistic feel, especially when they start messing with the buildings. Yeah. Right. Which. Is really cool looking for '98. I really like the, yeah. the CGI. Yeah, the CGI wasn't awful. It doesn't take you out of it, right? Yeah, most... I know the they did clean up the tuning for the director's cut. Um, uh, okay, because well, that was 2008, so they could. Yeah, they cleaned that up because uh, he didn't like how it looked like Aquaman's rays. Yeah, like. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the in the director's cut, it's a little more subtle. It's still it's still that but it's a little more subtle. yeah in my version it looked like fucking rings were coming out of yeah, their heads yeah no, it's a little different in the other one okay um, so they were able to do that which is cool but I probably wouldn't have even minded that um, but yeah the building stuff is cool and the way everything is shaped is a little off and I like that they can they use the changing of the city like in a chase scene, like when he yeah. was being uh, chased by Mr. Hand, right? It was a Mr. Hand. Um, yes. Mr. Hand. Uh, I don't remember the other characters, even though like, I love their names because it's like Mr. Book, Mr. Hand, Mr. Uh, Wall, yeah. you know, it's, you know, Mr. Water. It's weird. And not Mr. Water. They don't like water, but uh, yeah, you get the idea. Which I just want to point this out now. Um, if they don't like water, why did they build the city with a fucking pool? <laughs> well, they, you know, they would. That's true. They yeah. needed to see what people would do. That's yeah, yeah. right. God damn it. Yeah. But but then, you know, like when Kiefer Sutherland is taking them to Shell Beach, they have to row right. through like ruins. Right, right, right. Which is, I, I loved the comparison to City of Lost Children in this one as well. That's with uh, Ron Perlman, by the way. <sighs> Um, and there is a really cool, like, sort of, it's sort of similar to that, um, which I liked. Uh, but I think the number one sort of, number one influence I see in Dark City is Brazil. You're yawning. Give it a second. Yes. Yeah. I see Brazil in this movie more than I see any other movie. I, Shut out Terry Gilliam. Yeah, I, I think, um, especially with the sci-fi elements and yeah. with this sort of lived in, sort of in, in Brazil, it's sort of a dystopia. In this one, it's a maze. It's basically a, a, a cage. Yeah. Right? Um, Which we kind of get um, a subtle hint towards when when uh, Kiefer Sutherland meets Emma for the first right. time and he's and doing an experiment. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's just a little experiment. Right. It, it, I didn't click back with me until I was like, because oh. like when they're looking at like the, you know, we'll start here on Avenue M and I'm like, that kind of looks a little bit like a spiral. Yeah. And like the maze. Yeah. Despite all their rage, they're still just rats and cages. Um, <laughs> shout out uh, to, uh, <laughs> Smashing Pumpkins. Um, Dude, they, ha- they have a new album coming out. Gross, I'm not going to listen to that. How dare you? I'm not going to listen to that. Um, okay, so let's talk about the big the big reveal. The big reveal. Where are they? So this whole movie, we're trying to piece together. We, we know that they're receiving false memories. They are being, you know, switched around like, you know, toy pieces. They're, yeah, it's you pretty, know, much, pretty much just a giant dollhouse. Yeah, pretty much. And they're, you know... Being experimented on, essentially. But and where are they? Yeah, because it is a perpetually night. Yes. And another thing that I love that once they kind of figure it out, he goes, tell me how to get to Shell Beach. And then William Hurt cannot tell him how to get to Shell Beach, even though he's like, yeah, of course. You, Well, you have to... You, They can't. You can't. Because there is no way to Shell Beach because it doesn't exist. And... There is no way out of the city, right? Yeah. Um, which is also fun. I like that, you know, he's always having trouble getting out of the city, right? Mm-hmm. Which makes him feel more trapped, which makes the city feel more claustrophobic. And you you get, you know, the walls are closing in on him. Literally. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So where are they? They're on a spaceship. They're yeah. in space. In space. Yeah. Because uh, uh, R.I.P. to William Hurt, he he doesn't make it past the uh, no, the air bubble. No, he doesn't. Uh, but now there's another one, um, which is fine. Yeah. So they're in space. So here are some theories. Theories, okay. And I kind of like these. Okay. They are either really on a spaceship. Okay. This okay. is literally a spaceship, and there are two possibilities with them actually being on a spaceship. Okay. One. They were abducted okay. and taken onto this spaceship, okay, uh-huh. and being experimented on. Or, and this one I like a little bit more, they were current inhabitants of this spaceship that was taken over by the strangers. 
and messed with that way. Okay. Okay. Which I kind of like. But the fact that they have so much control over the shit makes it feel like it's theirs, right? And not not anyone else's. Um, But I like the idea of they were already there. Yeah. And then they got, you know, sort of infiltrated by the strangers. I like that. Well, and it's funny you mentioned that. I'm assuming there's more theories. There are. Oh, God. Wait, wait, wait. Before we move on to that, it's funny you mentioned that because in the opening narration of the theatrical version, Kiefer Sutherland makes it sound like the strangers came to them. Mm-hmm. So, but we can't trust that considering he had to delete his own past. Right. So. He's an unreliable narrator, which is why there shouldn't have been narration. <laughs> but. I do love an unreliable narrator. I know. But anyway, it's just interesting. It's interesting that's one of the theories because it almost adds up. Yeah. But anyway, move on. It's another theory. Another one is sort of lazy. Okay. But it's purgatory. <laughs> and uh, Oh, y- yeah. yeah that one's lazy. lazy. I don't like that one because, you know, what is this, lost? Um, I don't <laughs> like it. Uh, <laughs> But I, it, it also, they tried to say it's purgatory. All these people are from different time periods, right? And that's okay. why you can't nail down what year it is or whatever. But that blah, doesn't blah, make blah, any blah, sense blah, blah, either dumb, because right? the buildings match the, the... It's dumb. I know. I hate it too. But that's just what, that's what's going on. What is this, Supernatural? Yeah. What, yeah. What is this, Lost and Supernatural? Um, okay. So <laughs> here's, here's how my ending went. Okay. 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 He defeats Mr. Book. Okay. And uh, Murdoch. Murdoch defeats Mr. Book. Right. And now he has full control over his tuning. He can do exactly what they can do. Yes. Right? Yes. So far, everything is the same. And he creates Shell Beach. Yep. He turns this space station, spaceship, towards the sun. Now there's sunlight. And he sees Jennifer Connelly on the dock, mm-hmm. asks her, where is Shell Beach? She says it's over there. Movie's over. It's a happy ending. Uh, pretty much everything's the same. The only difference... Does he, in your version, does he introduce himself? Uh, Yes. Then yes, it's the same. It's the same. Okay. Because she says, I'm Anna, because she got re- Cause she got re-imprinted. Right, right. She says, I'm Anna, what's your name? And he says, I'm John Murdoch. And then they right. walk to Shelby. It's a together. happy ending. Okay, so it's the same. Yeah. Um, I couldn't remember if it was different. So, so, so far it seems like the beginning, maybe some parts of the middle are different. Yeah, and there are some subtle things. He said there wasn't a whole lot of stuff. It was just little moments here and there that they just cut. Okay. Right. Um, so anyway, so my problem, okay, is his overwhelming power of control at the very end. I kind of don't like it. I think it's a little hokey, just like the the in fight with Mister Book. I, I I think it's sort of eh, right. Mm. It's it's a big it's basically you know what it is it's a sky beam I just don't <laughs> you know a big sky beam with a giant CGI fight yeah I that's not where I would have went okay. with it I don't think I I I, I would have kept so, so, so tell me the tell me the Jeremy Blair ending I don't have one I I'm I'm giving you problems with no solutions <laughs> <laughs> but I, see I, I'm a better man and say. I don't know how to fix it, so I'm not going to say anything. Okay, cool. So you're better than I am. I <laughs> I kind of like the idea of him creating this, creating the world he was told existed and got the rug pulled out from under him and it doesn't, right? right? Okay. I like that, right? Okay. I can't explain the water in space, but that's fine. Um, it's almost like he... Okay, now I'm going to get a little nerdy with you. Okay, cool. Uh having watched enough sci-fi things in my life. Mm-hmm. It's almost like he extended the, um, like the force field, the force field out more. Mm-hmm. So the water could stay within the, uh, yeah, yeah, the boundaries of the, the boundary. The... Yeah. That's the only explanation okay, cool. I can give. Well then. Okay. Then. Um, <laughs> okay. So the coolest thing I read in the, 
IMDb trivia okay. was this thing I had never heard of before, and I'm not obsessed with it, but I think it's really interesting. Okay. It's called Last Thursdayism. I know. What the fuck is that? Okay. So <laughs> it's what I from what I read, I have a very elementary understanding of it. I don't I didn't go super in depth on it. It kind of seems like a fuck you to creationism. <laughs> okay. Because it's they're saying that if the world in creationism, the world is about, you know, four thousand years old, right? They're saying it's four thousand years old, made to look billions of years old then it might as well have been created last Thursday. And so, of course, last Thursday is, you know, just plucked out of thin air. It could have been last Tuesdayism. It doesn't matter. The Thursday doesn't matter. Okay. What matters is, is that if, if you're saying that the world is 4,000 years old but made to look older, then what's stopping you from thinking that it was created last week? Right? Okay. And so they're saying that this film sort of delves into that a little bit with the imprinted memories and why I asked you to think about something you did yesterday. Okay. Um, because it's sort of, there's a school of thought saying that the world was created last week and that everything you think has happened in your life did not happen. These memories have been fabricated and given to you. A la Blade Runner. And the Matrix. And Dark City. Obviously. So I, I like the idea of last Thursday. I think it's sort of funny. This last Thursdayism. Yeah. I tried That's I, weird. Their website's really stupid. Uh, <laughs> you found a website? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um their website, it looks fake. Like it looks like someone made it in two seconds and then you know what I mean? Like you can't click on anything. It's uh-huh. it's just a white background and it's uh-huh. awful, right? That's Black awesome. type. Yeah. So it looks fake. I don't know. But I like the idea of Last Thursdayism. It's sort of interesting to think about. Um, thoughts on Last Thursdayism? No, I've, not really. I've only said it six thousand times. You <laughs> no, no, right. not really. That's just that's just strange. Yeah, strange. I don't know, man. <laughs> I I have no thoughts. Okay. Uh, no, no thoughts. Just vibes. So I did gross. <laughs> Hated that. Um, so I also today um, found some found this analysis of uh, Dark City uh, by a theologian. Didn't know what that word was today, uh, but uh, that's like a theorist, uh, right? Gerard Laughlin. Okay. Um, and uh, he says this is more like a retelling of Plato's um, allegory of the cave. And, oh yeah and so now that i do know okay so in there these people are in prison but they don't know they're in prison right they they don't know that they're prisoners and they're stuck in this and all they can see are shadows on the wall right and what plato says if you were to release them some would leave the cave and experience life but others would retreat knowing only the shadows on the wall it's sort and of, that's that's comfort it's sort of um and I had Haley experiences. I think it was like two weeks ago. Was <laughs> I, we were watching Shawshank Redemption. Nice. And Brooks's um, farewell and his uh, release from Shawshank uh, is just like this, right? Yeah. R.I.P. Uh, Brooks. He does. He cannot function on the outside, right? Yeah. Um, Brooks it, was it here. is my favorite. Is my favorite sequence in the whole movie. Uh, it's mm-hmm. heartbreaking. It's sad, and it's so well done. Go check out, this is a Cinefix thing, go check out Cinefix's, uh, one of their brilliant moments uh, in film is Brooks, um, and it's just Brooks on on the bus. It's like a two second shot, it, you know, it doesn't take, mm. but it's because he's gripping the seat and it's the people behind him, it's the way, anyway, no matter. So, um, <laughs> go check that out, but it, it's it's sort of like that, to give another example. Yeah. Um, so, he talks about Plano. Um, and, um, he was also talking about, I didn't write this part down. Um, there was some stuff because, you know, he's a, he's also a religious scholar sort of. And so he was talking about some really, but I didn't really like that as much. I, I like the Plato stuff more. Yeah. Um, to where I think what he was trying to get at was, 
the ending is sort of, will they continue to do that? Or will, you know, he revert back? Is what I'm understanding. Yeah. Um, well, I had that thought too, you know, is John now going to let people make their own memories? And live life and experience life? Or right. is he not necessarily going to re-imprint people or is he just going to continue, not necessarily the experience, uh, experiment, but continue to make everyone go to sleep at midnight and reset like a like a time loop kind of thing? I don't know. Right. I have no idea. So, and that's sort of the fun of Dark City is... Um, is that sort of ambiguity, right? And yeah. the sort of, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say ambiguity. It's more of a just let's, let's think about what would happen after, right? Right. Um, which is also fun to do in movies if, um, if you want. So, what's crazy about this movie is that I think the ending is hokey, right? Okay. Roger Ebert, four out of four. Really. And in two thousand five, put it on his great movies list. Uh, no shit. This is a list that is that is cherry picked by him, the greatest movies he's ever seen. Really? This is one of them. Huh? I know. Isn't that nuts? Is it because of the ending? No, I think. Oh, just as a whole. I think yeah. Um, see, for me, the ending is a detriment. The ending gives it three point five to me. Okay. Right? At least. <laughs> at least. Oh, at, at the most three point five. Yeah. Right. For him, I mean, it's. Not only is it four stars, but let's revisit it again know, and again and again. Seven years later, and let's put a stamp of approval on it. Hmm. Which is interesting, also because he saw the theatrical version. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. So I'm thinking that what makes this movie so great and what makes people want to revisit it over and over again, Keegan is one of these people, by the way, who loves this movie. Nice. Um, I also is because of the aesthetic is because of how it looks and because of how the world feels. I think that living in this sort of bygone era of this film noir yet still being futuristic in sci-fi, right. Is, is a really cool mix of genres. And again, it's the, it's the stylized aesthetic and the overall atmosphere and tone. Well, I and I th- and and I think that's why I love the crow so much is because of the aesthetic. Yeah, and clearly Alex took what he learned from the crow and applied it to an original movie that he wrote, right, and right. directed. And I think that might be again why audiences had such a hard time with the original cut, which is the director's cut. Mm-hmm. Is it's not pre-existing. IP, right? Right. This is something that they're going to have to start from scratch at, right? I think fans of The Crow are fans of The Crow, right? Right. Even though I've never read any of the comics. Nope. Movies, uh, movies fantastic, but I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm only using this examples because my eyes hit it first. It's like Scrooged. <laughs> we all know A Christmas Carol. Yeah. Yes, this has a Bill Murray spin to it, but it's it's a Christmas card. By the way, as the day we're recording this, it's his birthday. Happy birthday, Bill Murray. Happy birthday, Bill Murray. Uh, and Stephen, Never die. And Stephen King. Um, which is more important. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, Rain, are you ready to wrap up, wrap up, wrap up? I am ready to wrap up, wrap up, wrap up, wrap up. Great. Um... I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, man. I, I really liked it. Uh, this isn't really an oops I forgot. Okay. But we'll put it here. Uh, I loved Richard O'Brien in it. Richard O'Brien. Which, uh, my guy. Uh, because of what you told me, uh, I also have been on the side of watching all the other shows I'm watching. I've been watching Phineas and Ferb. He's the dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, of course, he doesn't show up until the next episode. He's not in the first episode. No. He's in the next episode. I was like, oh my God, it's Richard O'Brien. <laughs> so wild. He's like, we're going to Mount Rushmore. Yeah. And I was like, I'm like, that's Riff Raff. That's Riff Raff. That is Richard O'Brien. It's so wild. I, that he's... I really want to know why Disney was like, we got to get Richard O'Brien. Okay. Hey, what was, the, what was the guy? He wrote that one movie. Yeah. And the musical. He with wrote the, the play. You know, with, with the transvestites. The, the fishnets, you know. 
They're like, yeah. they're like Richard O'Brien. Yeah. yeah, get him for the dad. And yeah. they're like, okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, he's great. He's he's riffraff. That's all I saw him as in this. Right. He's he's just he's just riffraff. Yeah. Even though it's twenty years later. Yeah. You and know. I mean, it's my man looks good. He still looks like Richard O'Brien. Yeah. I'll give him that. Uh, I think it's I think it's because he's bald. I think it's because he's bald. Yeah. That's gotta be it. Once you're bald at a young age, you don't really age. No, you know, what happens happens. You already look you're like you're fifty. Yeah, exactly. So, and so he's just now aged into his own age. Right, exactly. So yeah. I, I think that's sort of the the silver lining of being bald <laughs> at a young age. <laughs> Is that you don't really uh you don't really look older. You but know, you don't with, look younger though, so no. Hey, that ship has sailed. <laughs> but you're just not going to look any older for a while. Yeah. Oh, uh, God. Uh, but yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I loved it. Um, for sure, I'm going to buy the director's cut so I can see what it's Yeah, you guys see the director's cut. It's really good. I'm a fan, obviously. Well, see, and I almost watched it, but the, the, the image was different. So I was like, I was like oh. maybe this is a different movie. Because there is another movie called Dark City mm. from, like, the fifties, uh, that I didn't stumble upon that one. I stumbled upon that when I was looking for the poster for this one. Gotcha, gotcha. And gotcha, I was like, gotcha. oh, well, there's another movie called Dark City. Yes, there is. Um, but yeah, so the picture was different. So I was like, ah, I'm gonna go with the one that I recognize. No, I understand. But I probably would have made a similar decision had I not known. Had had you not already known, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, awesome, man. Really stoked that you like this one. And now I'm just. Waiting with bated breath. What are we doing? Okay. Next week. What are we talking about? So for me, I'm going to be completely honest. Be crisp. I uh, didn't know what we were going to do because oh, okay. I was just like, like, what am I going to, what, what, what am I going to do? Especially considering we're going to have to redo one of my picks. Ugh, way later. <laughs> way later. Um, so I th- while we were talking... Uh, I was thinking about it. And you know what? It's time. It's time for a Tim Burton movie. Oh, Tim Burton. Uh, because it was going to be another one. Not a Tim Burton movie. It was going to be a different movie. But I was like, you know what? No, 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 no. It's time. It, it, is, it, is, it is Tim. Um, Tim, t- Tim for time. Oh, time for Tim. <laughs> and you know what? Because I'm also feeling a little lazy right now. Yeah. Um, we're just going to do the other movie I asked you to pick between. Perfect. So next week, we are going to be talking about Beetlejuice. Wow. Beetlejuice. Oh. <gasps> uh. All right. So that's last time. Uh, but you're wearing the shirt yeah, right I'm now. Wearing, I'm wearing my Beetlejuice shirt. And that's three. So we're totally fine. Oh, for so far. Oh, shit. Yeah, he's going to be crawling through the window soon. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I... I really love Beetlejuice. Oh, me too. So much. It's one of my all-time favorite. I even love. I love the cartoon. Which <sighs> I have. you don't love the cartoon? I could take it or leave it. Okay. I mean the the four K that I have comes with like two episodes of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right, but I think the reason why is because <laughs> the relationship between Lydia oh, and Beetlejuice is so weird and in it, the show. Because it's different because well, they're, they're cause, buddies. Well, and Lydia's much younger. That's she's true. like 12 in the show. Yeah. As we're in the movie, she's at least, I think, 14. At least. At least. At least 13. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> and, of course, it's not Michael Keaton voicing Beetlejuice. I mean. Right, 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 right. I'm... I've been watching, um, I found this great bootleg site. You guys, it's different than the one we use. Okay. Um, it's called Monsterland Media. So okay. uh, I've gotten uh, Men in Black, the animated series from them. Uh, oh and God. And Spider-Man, the animated series, the, uh, the original 90s one. On it's Blu-ray. on Disney Plus, though. Yeah, but I got on Blu-ray. So, uh, and so I can like, take it around with me. Uh, but I also got... <laughs> Uh, the Mask, the anime, they have the Mask, the animated series. No shit. Did you know there was a crossover Mask animated series and Ace Ventura animated series? That's funny. And it's not Jim Carrey? No, it's the the guy who plays Stanley Ipkiss um, voices um, uh, Yakko. Uh, on, no shit. Yeah. Welcome back to the 90s podcast. Yeah, on um, the Animaniacs, which of course I love. Um, but dude... 
it's pretty rad. And, you know, they he talks about in the trivia for Mass Animated Series, this is such a such a tangent, but uh, he talks about how they initially said, hey, you need to do this more like the movie. And he goes, dude, you hired me because you can't afford Jim Carrey. Let me do my thing. You know? I mean, good for him. Yeah. And it works. And it and it's great. I'm a fan. So, And I've been watching a lot of cartoons lately. So. Well, as I told you when you when you came here, I've been I've been watching the new DuckTales. Ooh. Uh, and the theme song's rad, dude. The, the person that got to sing the new theme song is... Uh, but I don't like the old theme song. Oh, and I forgot uh, Beck Bennett as Launchpad McQuack. Oh, I do like Beck Bennett. Oh, and he's fucking funny uh, <laughs> he's, he really likes this new ducktales you guys dude it's it's, it's good uh beck bennett like in the first episode the whole time like scrooge mcduck is like you know he needs a pilot and he's like i'm a pilot and it's, he is not listening to him at all he's he's making him his chauffeur so i just thought of this that okay. um to tie it back to dark city <laughs> anytime they imprint someone you could just call it a duck blur <laughs> like, uh, like, hey man, I can't remember anything. Duck blur, you know. The whole Jesus thing was a duck blur. Uh, I, I like. Anyway, <laughs> Beetlejuice. Uh, <laughs> just next week. <laughs> um, super excited to talk about it, man. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. To, I'm about to bring to. my uh, Beetlejuice mug. I have a coffee mug. Yeah, I'll have to wash the shirt again. Yep, you're gonna um, have to. You know what? I'll just, I'll just, okay, I'll wear oh wait, the suit. Oh wait, and then, and then, and then, and then. Oh, uh, you yeah, have the tattoo. Uh, yeah. I've got a Beetlejuice tattoo. Okay, guys, I'll wear the black and white striped suit, okay? Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> we should I, have to see a costume for each episode. Dude, I couldn't afford that. I couldn't either. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> we hope everyone... Enjoyed uh, Dark City. Yeah. And we will see you next week for Beetlejuice.